0: It is Super Bowl Friday. I don't know. It's Friday's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk and it is the episode prior to Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. What is going on everybody? Welcome back to episode number 129 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host James Murphy aka Murph. We have I'm trying to catch my breath here because we have so much to talk about. It's literally all football today as it kind of has been past a little bit now. I know, I know. Listen, when there's a crazy amount of playoff games that has happened and crazy outcomes with the underdog Cinderella Bengals going almost all the way, I mean, they're as far as they can go game-wise against the probably most beloved player in the league right now in matthew stafford it's hard to not talk about it there's so many storylines. i'm just trying to get comfortable here my goodness it's hard to not talk about football all the time like yes i understand that the trade deadline for the nba was yesterday and the celtics made a plethora of moves and those are all moves i want to talk about but right now i'm not going to talk about them right now because we have enough super bowl chatter to actually get into because that's what we need to do. We need to talk about the Super Bowl. It is literally the biggest day, Super Bowl Sunday, or the Super Bowl itself, the biggest day of the year, virtually for sports, right? Virtually for sports. Super Bowl Sunday, it is like obviously uh, a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's a holiday, but it's not a holiday. Like it's a self-proclaimed holiday, Super Bowl Sunday. And listen, I am not going to pass up the opportunity to talk about the Super Bowl, whether the Patriots are in it, whether the Bucks are in it, whether they're not in it. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, and that is exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to put some chapstick on first, though. Got to make sure my lips don't stay uh, chapped for too long. Make sure they're nice and moisturized. Yeah, I use chapstick daily. You should, too. Anyways, wow, we have so much to talk about. But I do want to, before we dive into the Super Bowl chatter... The NFL awards were last night, and I kind of just want to slightly talk about those awards real quick. I'm going to rattle them off, though, at least the, the meaningful ones. Um, Walter Payton Man of the Year goes to Andrew Whitworth, well-deserving. Anyone could have won it, and it would have been extremely deserving. Uh, so I just want to get that out of the way. Probably the most important award of the entire night was the Walter Payton Man of the Year, who is giving back to the community, who is making an impact in their community, doing this and doing that, being selfless by far the most important award the entire night. Not MVP, not Rookie of the Year, the Wall of Payton Man of the Year Award. So congratulations, Andrew Woodworth, for your incredible, incredible service. And it is something that we wish we saw more of from players and a ton of players give back to their community. But to be able to win the Wall of Payton Man of the Year Award and wear that little uh, resemble uh, little patch on your jersey must be super meaningful. Must be super incredible and honoring. So, congratulations. By far, best award of the night. MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm going to run through them, then I'll talk about them Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. Defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. Offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. Defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. Comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow. Coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. Now, let's kind of just chat a little bit about these you know I don't want to spend too 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 long on these but conversation to be had Aaron Rodgers tremendous season well deserving of the MVP do not get me wrong do not think that I don't think he deserves it he does I just think Tom Brady had a better season overall I do I mean yes Rodgers threw 37 touchdowns and what did he have like four interceptions I don't. I'm, I'm trying to try to find the stat here. Let's. Aaron Rodgers interceptions. How many interceptions did he have? Um, let's see. No, I don't care about his career. Yeah, four interceptions. Okay, so I was right. Meanwhile, so like, listen to this. So Aaron Rodgers had 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, and just about a 69% completion percentage. Here's Brady. He had 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, with a 67.5 completion percentage. I just think overall that's a much better campaign than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know the interceptions is way down for Aaron Rodgers, and typically Brady's had way down interception numbers himself. But, you know, past couple years in Tampa Bay, you know, he's kind of thrown a little few too many. Now, obviously, balls get tipped, balls get dropped, and they find other players' hands. I get it. But 5,300 yards and 43 touchdowns at age 44? Now, I know the age doesn't really matter in terms of MVP. But I just, I don't get it. I think he deserved it. It's nice to see Aaron Rodgers win it. I'm not trying to take it away from him. But I just think... Tick for tack, I think Brady should have deserved it. It is what it is. Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. That was kind of a sure bet, lock and fire award given to him. Now there was a point in time where Jonathan Taylor was running away, literally running away with the award. But then Cooper Cup decides to put up almost record-breaking receiving yards and having almost record-breaking touchdowns and um, receptions itself, he won the triple crown for receiving, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and receptions. I mean that's kind of hard to ignore, right there. That is very, very hard to ignore, and I think Cooper Cup, deservingly so, uh, deservingly so, deserves this. And Sean McVay even says, "quote We have no chance of being here, the Super Bowl, without Cooper Cup." And that's probably true. Yeah, you brought in OBJ. Before Robert Woods tore his ACL, then Woods tears his ACL. So now you got Woods. I'm sorry, you got Cup and OBJ. So basically you're not even upgrading. You're just replacing Woods with OBJ at that point. And they're still able to find themselves in the Super Bowl. And they're obviously favored to win because, you know, overall their team may be better than the Bengals, which I'll get into in a little bit. But it's absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre the kind of season he had. And it's good that a wide receiver is being recognized. Now, he easily could have won MVP himself. But I do think the MVP is kind of a quarterback award. It's really, really difficult for a non-quarterback to win the MVP. But hey, if a quarterback was to not win the MVP award anytime soon, this is the season that a wide receiver is going to have to do better than in order to do so, unless the field of quarterbacks does worse. Because this kind of season this kind of season 145 catches, 1947 yards and 16 touchdowns isn't good enough to win MVP uh, that's crazy that is absolutely crazy to think because like I, I don't know I, I mean I know Michael Thomas a couple years ago or yeah a couple years ago broke the record for most receptions in a season. Obviously, you know, getting to 2,000 receiving yards is incredibly tough. But, like, is that what's going to have to be done? In 16 touchdowns, it's a crazy amount of touchdowns. We'll see. We will see. I mean, he led the league, Cooper Cup led the league in catches by 22. He had 331 more yards than anybody else. And he had two more receiving touchdowns than anyone else. Like, how does not not win MVP? I, it's, just, it's a quarterback award. That's it. It's just a quarterback award. Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt, after several years of finishing runner-up, not getting it, he finally does. Congratulations! Fantastic season by T.J. Watt as he uh, what did he tie? He tied Michael Strahan's single-season sack record with twenty-two and a half, albeit. The extra game, but Watt, I think, missed a game or two. And Michael Strain, I think, missed a game or two in his 16-game campaign when he got the sack record. So unbelievable, unbelievable season by T.J. Watt. Finally, finally deserves the victory in the Depoy race after getting snubbed a couple times here and there, potentially snubbed a couple times here and there. But, yeah, it's definitely good to see him finally get it. He definitely deserves it. And on top of that, his brother, uh, J.J. Watt, made the announcement. He went up to the podium to introduce the award and to claim that his brother, T.J., won the award. So very super meaningful and touching right there for the Watt family. Offensive Rookie of the Year, no, it is not Mac Jones. It is Jamar Chase. Obviously, before December or around December, probably Mac Jones. Should have been Mac Jones. Mac Jones kind of tails off a little bit, and Jamar Chase absolutely explodes. He did a fantastic job this season, 1,455 receiving yards. He uh, was a single-season record, uh, single-game record of 266 yards. I believe that's a Bengals record. He hauled in 81 receptions this year. I don't know how many touchdowns he has. It doesn't say here but deservingly so of this award. And it sucks uh, that Mac didn't win this award, but you know what? He has a better chance of winning an MVP than Jamar Chase does, and that's kind of sad to say in all honesty, but it's kind of true. It's kind of true. So congratulations, Jamar Chase. His value definitely shot up. Obviously the value of Cooper Cup and Aaron Rodgers as well. T.J. Watt, defensive players, it's just really hard for them to be an investment. But speaking of defense, we have Defensive Rookie of the Year, and that is Micah Parsons. He is the first Cowboys player to ever win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award, and he did a fantastic job. He set the rookie record with 13 sacks, which is a – oh, he set the team's – I'm sorry, I'm just trying to read this fast. He set the team's rookie record with 13 sacks, and it was the third most – by a rookie since Sacks became an official stat in 1982. He had 84 tackles, 64 of them were solo, three forced fumbles, three passes deflected. Without Micah Parsons, that Cowboys defense probably is going to would have been significantly worse. So what a fantastic draft pickup by the Cowboys to get Micah Parsons. And he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long period of time in this league. So oh, and then Coach of the Year. Oh, we have a couple more. Uh, comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, after he tore his ACL and MCL in his left knee on November twenty second, 2020. He is now in the Super Bowl, 14 months removed from that injury. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 70.5 completion percentage, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, by far deserving the comeback player of the year so congratulations to joe burrow and the funny thing is the funny thing is is he, i don't know if it was a pre-recorded or if it was a live thing where he goes to like the podium the trophies in front of him because he was doing a like a uh, did a, he wasn't at the the physical event and he's like thank you da 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 and then he leaves the trophy there and he walks away and i think someone like on social media captioned it he doesn't want the comeback player of the year trophy. He has his eyes on a different trophy. And it's like, oh the Super Bowl trophy. Yes, of course. So I thought that was really funny. And that's just the mindset that Joe Barrow has right now. Is he Yeah, it's cool. Thank you. I love it. But I want that other other trophy. That other trophy that I need to go out and and win this team in the city and the state. So I thought that was really, really badass of him. And then Coach of the Year, Mike Rabel for the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown were all out for an extended period of time, and they were still able the Titans were still able to finish with the number one seed. Although they lost in the divisional round to the Cincinnati Bengals, ironically enough. They finished like twelve and 11 and I want to say they finished twelve and five. Does it say his record? Uh, let's see, they went six and three without uh, Derrick Henry, and nope, they didn't say what their record was. I feel like you should have said what the record was. Well, anyways, they finished the top seed in the AFC and they lost in the first, uh, the second round technically, but playoffs doesn't matter when it comes to regular season awards. So congratulations to Mike Vrabel, did a fantastic job with the Tennessee Titans this year. Obviously, a disappointing end to the season, but looking back at it at a hole, to be able to go from having a great group of star players to virtually nothing and battle for weeks, whether there was COVID involved, injuries involved, this and that, and still be able to finish with the one seed in a very competitive AFC conference, whew, that is a very, very good coach and a very good team. Now, I know I poked fun at the Titans, especially Ryan Tannehill, but Mike Vrabel is a legit coach. He is a damn good coach if you give him an actual good quarterback he could probably make the Titans a Super Bowl contender they're just being held back by Ryan Tannehill oh my god but yeah so quick recap once more before we get into some Super Bowl chatter MVP Aaron Rodgers offensive player of the year Cooper Cup defensive player of the year TJ Watt offensive rookie of the year Jamar Chase defensive rookie of the year Micah Parsons comeback player of the year Joe Burrow coach of the year Mike Vrabel And the most important award of the entire night is the Walter Payne Man of the Year Award going to Andrew Whitworth. So, we have, obviously, a big game on Sunday. Do we not? I think we can all agree that we have a big game on Sunday. We have Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Rams are the second team ever to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. uh, Stadium, excuse me whereas the Buccaneers did it last year. But the Buccaneers were the home team, which made it a little bit more meaningful. I know it's a neutral site game, the Super Bowl, regardless where it is. But to be the home team, your home locker room, uh, obviously not having to travel anywhere, which is nice. But the Rams here, because AFC, NFC, home and away, they flip every year. The Rams are the away team, and they're playing their home stadium, so it might feel a little weird. You know them being able to call a coin flip in their home stadium. Obviously, now when they go play the Chargers every four years, uh, I guess every eight years, technically, because every four the Rams would be the home team, and then the next four, the Rams would be the away team, and vice versa for the Chargers. That must be a little weird, I would think, to uh, heads, tails. It's our own stadium, but heads! Like I don't know. I feel like it's weird. This is a very exciting time, though, for football. I think this is probably the best Super Bowl matchup we've had in a really, really long time. I honestly can't remember when America was satisfied with this Super Bowl matchup between the beloved Matthew Stafford-led Rams and the swaggerlicious Joe Burrow-led Bengals. Like, whew, I People keep asking me, and I'm going to give you my official score prediction and who I think is going to win later. But people keep asking me, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you want to win? I keep telling them. I don't care. I don't care. Like, you know, if I absolutely have to pick, I tell them the team. I'll tell you in a little bit. But I do think this is going to be a great game. It could go back and forth. It hopefully will. No blowouts. Whether it's defensively, whether it's offensively. Oh, I cannot wait. So, what I want to do is I want to go to Rhode Island Sportsbook. Now, I do not condone – Gambling, gamble at your own risk. But I do want to go over some prop bets here that we have for the NFL championship, as what they're calling it. Do they not have the rights to say? I mean, do you need rights to say Super Bowl? I mean, I'm saying Super Bowl. Do I need a, like a, a permission from the league? The NFL championship. That's so funny. All right, we have a bunch. Let me just open them all up here. Uh, there's like ten of them, maybe we're just going to have some fun, fly through it. We did this last year as well for the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the uh, Buccaneers. And it's just going to be some fun. We're going to hang out, have some fun, talk some Super Bowl. And I'm not going to try to make you some money. But, hey, if you want to take my suggestions, by all means, go ahead. Again, I don't condone gambling. But do it at your own risk. All right, ready? Who will win the coin toss? Cincinnati Bengals or the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, So the Rams will be calling uh, literally (laughs) 50-50. I don't know. Um, I think the Rams, since they're home, will get the ball. Well, They're the away team in their home stadium. That's going to be a tough one to wrap my head around. I'm going to go Rams. I think the Rams will win. And who – okay, so since the Rams are calling, will the coin toss be heads or tails? I'm a big heads guy. I, I always call heads, so I'm going to pick heads. So I believe the Rams will call heads, and I believe the heads will win. By virtue, Rams would win the coin toss. Player to commit first turnover. Let's see. You got Burrow, Akers, Michelle, Stafford, Mixon, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, any other player, and then no turnover. Um. I could absolutely see it being a Cam Akers fumble, if I'm being honest. But I'm kind of leaning on a interception. I could totally see Joe Burrow throwing an early pick in this game. First or second drive. So I think... I think I'm going to pick... Oh, man, this is tough. I'm going to pick Joe Burrow here. I'm going to pick Joe Burrow to be the first player to commit a turnover. Well, the first player to commit turnover. Uh, let's see. Player to score first points in game. Uh, Matt Gay, Evan McPherson, Cup, Mixon, Akers, Chase, Odell, any other player. Kendall Blanton. I don't even know who the hell that is. Um, hmm. What if it's like a rock? Then I guess it would be under any other player. Um, Let's see. I do think it's going to be a field goal. I could see a couple field goals being tossed back and forth. I'm going to go Evan McPherson on this one. I just, I really like that the Bengals have the potential and the capability to drive. We've seen it against, you know, the Raiders, Titans, and the Chiefs so far in the playoffs. Granted, the Rams are the best defense they have faced, or they will face. And I think that, you know, they can get a drive going, but it's going to stall out. But then again, that kind of contradicts what I was saying, where, you know, I could see Joe Burrow throwing a pick in the first or second drive. So the Rams not going to get any points between that. I'd like to think that they do. Um, maybe I'll switch it to Cam. Oh, I don't know. It's so tough. It's so tough. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to switch it to Cam Akers. I will switch it to Cam Akers because if my first player to throw or to commit a turnover is Joe Burrow, then I just don't see the – and the Rams get the ball to start. I don't see them going scoreless on their first two drives. I think they'll be able to get some kind of points, whether it's a field goal by Matt Gay or a touchdown. I think you know Cam Akers could absolutely, you know, run the ball in. But then you got OBJ. He can catch a nice little fade. Cup is a tremendous weapon. I think it will be a Rams player to score the first points in the game. I guess you could kind of really pick Akers, Odell, Cooper Cup, whichever way you want to go. Oh man. Now I kind of want to change it to Odell. I just think, like, an old goal line fade is kind of where it's at. We saw it against the 49ers. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go Odell. Will a missed kick hit an upright? Um, hmm. No, I don't don't think will. If there is a missed field goal, I do not think it will hit the upright. But I do not think a missed kick will hit the upright. Will... Will both teams score in every quarter? No, I don't think so. I think there will be a quarter for each team that goes scoreless. Will there be a successful onside kick team recovery? No. Player to score a touchdown. Uh, do I just need a player to score a touchdown? Results per NFL official rules definition of scorer. Okay. So just... Players to score a touchdown. Cup, Akers, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Odell, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Um, so I guess I can pick multiple. Well, I already have Odell getting the first points. I can see Mixon getting a touchdown. I'll just pick three players. Um, I'm gonna say a rushing touchdown by Akers. Does that leave Cup touchdownless? I could see the Bengals taking Cup away, you know, from the end zone. Maybe not from like, you know. You know, in between the 20s, but I could see him going touchdownless. First turnover of the game will be interception. I already have Joe Burrow doing I mean, I guess you can have a strip sack, but I'm going to go interception here. But if Cam Akers does fumble it, plus 150. Can't complain with that. Will there be a safety? No. First, Los Angeles Rams player with a reception. It's hard to believe that that's not Cup. Hard to believe that that's not Cup. First Cincinnati player with a reception. Hmm. I think the... Uh, so, Ramsey's going to be lined up against Chase. So, I think Chase is going to have a tough going early on. We could see Chase kind of explode towards the second half once the halftime adjustments are made, once he's kind of used to Ramsey and what he's able to bring to the table. I could see this being Boyd. I could be. I could see this being uh, Samaj Pirine. T. Higgins... Uzama. This is kind of a this is a tricky one. I think Tyler Boyd's a good sec- I think he's a good security blanket. So I'm gonna pick Tyler Boyd here. And then the last one we have is the first scoring play of the game will be Los Angeles Rams passing touchdown. Los Angeles Rams field goal. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals passing touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals rushing touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals field goal. Los Angeles Rams rushing touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals safety. Rams, other. Bengals, other. Hmm. First scoring play of the game will be. I think it might be that OBJ touchdown. I really do. I think it could be that OBJ touchdown. All right. So, we have the entire NFL championship props all lined up. Let's see. We got the coin toss will be won by the Rams, and it will be heads. First player to commit first turnover will be the uh, Joe Burrow. Player to score first points in the game will be Odell. Uh, will a missed kick hit an upright? No. Will both teams score in every quarter? No. Will there be a successful onside kick team recovery? No. Player to score a touchdown, I have Cam Akers, Odell, and Joe Mixon. Uh, first turnover of the game will be an interception. Los Angeles Rams at... Oh, wait. Oh, will there be a safety? No. Uh, first Los Angeles Rams player with a reception. Hard to believe that that's not a Cup. First Cincinnati player with a reception. Again, I think Chase will be kind of held very securely by Jalen Ramsey for the, at least the first half. So I'm going to go Tyler Boyd here. But don't you know, don't be surprised if they run it on first and second down, and then they try to do a little screen pass to Samaj P. Ryan. Wouldn't be surprised if they go that route either. And then first scoring play of the game will be a Los Angeles Rams passing touchdown. Those are the props bets that I have chosen. Does not mean I'm betting those. I'll probably obviously take out the. You now, will there be a successful onside kick? No, that's minus two grand. All set there. But yeah, those are my NFL championship prop bets. Again, I do not condone gambling, so gamble at your own risk. But I just wanted to have some fun here on the podcast and just kind of shoot the shit a little bit with some prop bets, because why not? But let's dive back into the Rams and Bengals matchup. Both teams representing their respective conferences, the Bengals with the AFC and the Rams with the NFC. Both teams deserve to be here, by far deserve to be here. I mean, the the path that the Bengals went on, the comebacks, the great, you know, quarterback play by Burrow, the clutch plays by the offense as a whole and then you cannot forget the stifling defense that stepped up in the second half against the Titans and in the second half against Mahomes and the Chiefs. That defense may not seem good on paper, but man, they are good in the playoffs. And I've said this countless times throughout the course of the season. I think the Bengals are a really good team this year, but I don't see them doing it this year because I think their defense is a year too early. And to reiterate, what I mean by that is I believe that the Bengals have a good foundational defense right now. But they're just a couple players too short, whether it's a draft pick for the agency, another year of development and growth from the core of the players they have now. And then I've always said that next year, they'll be that AFC North you know, champion, that AFC North competitor. Because for the longest time, I thought the Ravens were going to do it. I had the Browns doing it uh, at the beginning of the season. I picked the Browns to do it. Obviously, that fell through, but no one really picked the Bengals. I think I picked the Bengals to either be third or fourth in the division. So, I mean, I'm not the only one here, but, like, wow, the Bengals really deserve a lot of respect. They really do. And I'm here, I'm here to give it to them because they damn deserve it. Because who saw this coming from the Bengals? Who saw this coming from the Bengals? Not me. I don't think you did either. So Bengals Cinderella story, countless times they've been the underdog and they have proven it and I cannot wait to see them perform on Sunday. So I expect a full great game from the Bengals. I don't think they're going to, you know, sleep in the first quarter or wait for the Rams to do something to wake up. I think they'll come ready to be they'll be ready to play and they'll be beyond prepared. Way too many words there. The Rams. The Rams on the other hand, They've had Super Bowl aspirations for a handful of years now, going back to when Sean McVay took over as head coach, going back to Super Bowl 53 against the Patriots. Rams deserve to be here as well. They have a fantastic offense. You know, with Cup, when they had Woods, you bring in OBJ, Tyler Higbee's a nice tight end. You got Cam Akers back, Dow Henderson had a fantastic season. You bring in Sony Michelle to be a complimentary piece while Akers is out. Rams offense did a fantastic job and it's so humbling and awesome to see Matthew Stafford get his first playoff win and he's won all the way up now to playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday how can you hate that story he puts up all the biggest stats in all, and spends all his time in Detroit to get nowhere a couple playoff appearances I believe and he gets you know ousted in the first round but now he is here in the Super Bowl where he wants to be, where he deserves to be, and it's good to see him there. The Rams' defense has been lights out for years. They have been a great defense for years now, and they are buying in in L.A. Donald, Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, like, I mean, those three players alone will be your best player on almost any other team. Meanwhile, there's the second best player, the third best player on that defense. It's nuts. And I know the Rams have had some dinged up issues in the secondary. And they've brought Eric Weddle out of retirement to help fill those uh, voids. But that defense, nonetheless, is still pretty good. And they're going to bring pressure to Joe Burrow and try to make make mistakes. Will the Bengals be able to react to that? And will they be prepared for that? I think so. I hope so. So, before I give you my official Super Bowl 56 prediction between the Rams and the Bengals, and I will provide a score as well, don't get me wrong. Let me get a piece of paper out so I can write this all down so I don't change it up by accident. I do want to go over my original my original uh, 2021 NFL season predictions. I made this. I made this list on September 28th, and I believe I made this list before I recorded an episode way back when uh let's see oh the the 10th was a friday i made this list for friday's episode that day i couldn't even tell you what episode number that was and this is my 2021 nfl predictions and i've kept it in my notes for five months and i've been wanting to go back to it i wanted to go back to it i really wanted to talk about this at the end of the regular season. However, the awards weren't announced. The Super Bowl obviously wasn't going to play, get played. So I want to talk about it now. Some picks are right. Some picks are wrong. That's just kind of how it goes, right? So let's start with the NFC. Let's start with the NFC. This is not that bad. Let's see how many I can get right here. So I did the NFC you know, division, the three wild cards. The same for the AFC. uh, Offensive-Defensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive-Defensive Player of the Year. MVP. I did Most Surprising Player. Most Disappointing Player. Best Fantasy Player. Bust Fantasy Player. And then I had a Super Bowl matchup with the winner. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 23, 24. So out of 24... Let's see. Let's, let's try to make columns here. Right? Wrong. All right. Now, I do believe that I did preface that the wildcard spots did not matter, but I may have put them in the spots that I think that they would have. Whatever. NFC East. Cowboys. That I got right. So that's good to know. The NFC North. The Packers. I also corrected that. NFC South were the Buccaneers. Right? The NFC West, where are the Rams? Right. I think most people may have had that for their selections. Wow, this is where it really goes bad. The wild card. I'm, I have the Bears, the football team, and the Seahawks all in the wild card. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's pretty tough. That's really tough. I thought the Bears, defense, they had Andy Dalton. They were eventually going to switch over to Justin Fields. I thought that defense would have been able to help them. Get them to a wild card spot where they were in the playoffs last year. Did not work. Same for uh, Washington. They had Ryan Fitzmagic. Defense was good. They just weren't able to get it going and click. Seahawks. uh, Missing Russell Wilson really did them wrong. So I was completely wrong for all the wild card spots in the NFC. In the AFC. Let's see. We have the Bills in the East. And I do believe I remember saying I would not be surprised if the Patriots won that. But I picked the Bills. Bills won. The AFC North, we have, oh, God, the Browns. Yuck. I thought they were going to take that next step. I really thought they were going to be a team to be reckoned with in the North, in the AFC, and they were for some time. All due respect, they were for some time, but they just fell apart. Uh, AFC South goes to the Titans. I had that. Thank goodness. AFC West went to the Chiefs. Also had that. Wild card, New England Patriots. Good, I got that right. Wild card. Pittsburgh Steelers got that right. Didn't think they would make it, but I still threw them in there. Wild card spot. Los Angeles Chargers. Wrong. No, they were right on the cusp. They could have snuck in if them and the Raiders tied. Um, okay, so after the divisional and wild card predictions, I'm currently 9-5. and five. I'll take that. I'll take that for picking this five months ago. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I picked Mac Jones. It was Jamar Chase, as we already talked about, so I am wrong there. Defensive Rookie of the Year is Micah Parsons, and I picked Micah Parsons. Nice to see that. Let's see, MVP. I picked, not Aaron Rodgers, so I'll just chuck it up in the L column. I picked Derrick Henry. After a fantastic season last year, and I remember talking about this, spent 2,000 yards last year. I said he was going to, you know, come back out, maybe not have two grand, but have, you know, again, a stellar dominating performance throughout the whole regular season, plus the extra game to get even more yards. And I think he was going to change the mold of the MVP being a quarterback award. And if he was healthy, he could have, he was absolutely on track to do it. I think he had like 900 rushing yards up to like week six or something like that when he got injured. Imagine if he was healthy and played the entire season instead of getting that foot injury. I guarantee you he would have won MVP because he probably would have broke the record at that point because he was like top five and rushing up and through like week 15 or something ridiculous like that. So wrong there, but I could have been right if he was healthy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Offensive player of the year. I picked... Stefan Diggs, it was Cooper Cup. I don't think anybody saw Cooper Cup having the most fantastic wide receiver season you could have winning the Triple Crown. I don't think anyone predicted or saw that coming, especially with Matthew Stafford coming into the mix. New quarterback into the system, maybe a little slow to start, but eventually clicking later on. I thought Diggs and uh, Josh Allen were going to be able to step up and really uh, recreate the magic that they had the year before and just take a next step forward. Diggs had a fantastic season, but not Winning the Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I had Jalen Ramsey. Could have won. Did not win. It is what it is. But, wow. Uh, but that's still a good pick, though. I mean, I think Jalen Ramsey is still a good pick. Most surprising player. Now, I mean this in a good way, right? Because the next one is most disappointing player. So, the most surprising player in a good way. I had Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, that was not the thing. Now, I, if you guys remember back in the draft and in August and even early on in the season, throughout the whole season, really, I did not think that Zach Wilson was going to be good. I did not think, and he did not have a good season. Yeah, he had a couple nice games towards the end. Great. But I don't think he was that good, and I don't think he was going to have a great season. Jets, I think he was overrated. You know, going to BYU, independent school, not playing against, you know, you know, the SEC or the ACC. I just didn't think he had it in him. So that's why I put a surprising, that's why I put him as the most surprising player because he has talent. He has skills for sure. Maybe he could have popped off. I know a lot of people picked him to do very, very well this year. So, hey, maybe I was going to be wrong. But for the time being, I was right. Most disappointing player. Now, I don't know if he is the most disappointing player, but he was definitely disappointing, and that's Lamar Jackson. I'm going to kind of chalk that up as a as a right because Jackson was injured. He didn't perform the greatest. He had great games. Don't get me wrong. But the thing I always tell people here at the shop is that people like Lamar Jackson, his value has been kind of up and down, kind of all over the place a little bit. But the thing I don't understand is why he is valued so high. When the games that he did not play, Tyler Huntley was able to keep the Ravens close or win those games in the games that they lost they were close games so if anything is Lamar Jackson overrated you know is it the scheme the coaching that's making him thrive and, and succeed because we can look back and I think I did it on the uh on the podcast I don't know what episode it was where we look back at the past Super Bowl winners And they're all pocket quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, his second year, was a scrambler. Sure, he's now a a pocket quarterback, but that obviously doesn't count. When was the last time a true scrambler won? 2012, uh, 2012 uh, 13 actually, Russell Wilson, I guess. And yeah, Russell Wilson now is a pocket quarterback, but he can scramble. He's not a scramble first quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a scramble first quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. He's a pocket quarterback. He can scramble. Mahomes, pocket quarterback, can scramble. So there is a massive difference there. Lamar Jackson is a scrambling quarterback. He is not a pocket quarterback. So the Ravens in the poor season that they had with Lamar Jackson in and out of the lineup, I think he was a very disappointing player this year. Was he the most disappointing? Probably not, but it's really hard to gauge most surprising and most disappointing. All right. So with three picks to go, we have best fantasy player, bust fantasy player, and the Super Bowl. and I, well, I guess the Super Bowl matchup and the Super Bowl winner. So I guess it's technically out of 25, so I guess I'll change that to tw- out of 25. That's an t- ugly five. I'm trying to like write it on like a sticky note. You know, I'm just going to cross it all out. Cross it all out. Out of 25. Right now, with three to go, we currently sit 11 and 10. Hey, above 50%, I think I'll take it, right? For making these predictions back in September, I think I'll take it. Alright, best fantasy player. I had Alvin Kamara. I don't think that I don't think he was the best fantasy player, so I'm just gonna chuck that as a loss. Uh, did he do good? Yes. Did he have bad games? Yes. I, I I mean, he wasn't the best fantasy player. It was clearly Cooper Cup. It was clearly Cooper Cup. Obviously, you could throw in Jalen Hurts' name in there as well for scrambling and for the yards he's able to get on the ground, the rushing. But, you know, Hurts wasn't the best. He was like number – I think he was like the second or third quarterback maybe just because of the scrambling and he's always losing, so he's always throwing. But best fantasy player by far is Cooper Cup. Bust fantasy player. I put two. I originally put two. So I'm not going to give myself, you know, two rights because I do think I was right. One. Trevor Lawrence. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was probably taken past the keeper threshold in like the 10th round in most standard keeper leagues. He did not perform well at all. Obviously, being a first overall pick, you have high expectations. You gotta live up to those. Joe Burrow was, you know, in at least in my league last year, was taken in the 10th round, that keeper threshold. And he did very good up until the point where he tore his ACL. Then he wins, you know, Comeback Player of the Year. So that's awesome. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's hard to think that he did good, right? So I think he's, I mean, obviously when I think of a bust, I'm thinking of, uh, let's see now, you can't put J.K. Dobbins because he, he got injured early. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, he played a lot. He was injured a lot. He was a bust. He's probably the biggest bust. So I guess I'm technically wrong here. But I think you can have multiple busts, don't you think? Like, best. When I think of best fantasy player, I'm thinking who scored the most points or who was the most valuable fantasy player. And like I said, that's Cooper Cup. Bust, I think you can have several bust options. And I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence will fit into that category. I mean, I guess he kind of does. Oh, here's the second one. Let me let me just give you the second one see what you think. Adam Thielen. I think he was a bust. Oh, Julio Jones was a bust as well. I drafted him in the fourth round, and he—he he was absolute dog water. So, do we think? I think Adam Thielen was a bust. Do we think Trevor Lawrence is a bust? Should I give myself like a right and a wrong, or should I just give myself a right? That's—I mean, I do think I'm right to a degree. Obviously, you know, the biggest bust, but that's not the that's not what I wrote down. I just wrote bust. I'm gonna give myself a right here. I think I am right. Adam Thielen was a bust. Trevor Lawrence, if you did take him in a lot of leagues, people did take him. I subsequently dropped him once he once we realized he sucked. I'm gonna give myself a right. I'm only gonna give myself one check mark, but I do believe both Adam Thielen and Trevor Lawrence's were bust in their own respect. Now we have the Super Bowl. My Super Bowl matchup prediction. Now, if you guys remember this from September, congratulations. That's awesome. But my Super Bowl matchup that I – I didn't do, like, divisional or championship. Or wild. I didn't do any of that. I just did divisions, wild card, Super Bowl. Here's my Super Bowl matchup. Los Angeles Rams. The Buffalo Bills. Yep, yep, yep. I will give myself a right, and I will give myself a wrong – I don't even know what this is going to be out of anymore. I did have the Rams – I, you know, for all the reasons why I think they were going to win the division. I did have the Rams. I wanted to be different. A lot of people picked the Packers. A lot of people picked the Bucks, And not the Rams was a different choice, but it was more different than what a lot of other people were picking, right? Bills, I thought they were going to be able to dethrone the Chiefs. They almost did in the divisional round. I thought the Bills were going to take that next step up, and they did and in a sense. And they easily could have been in the Super Bowl. I mean, imagine the Bills versus the Bengals that round, what that matchup would have looked like. If Josh Allen got the ball in overtime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So obviously the Bill is not in. That's wrong. So clearly I'm not going to be able to predict the correct Super Bowl winner if I pick the Bills, but actually I did pick the Rams to win. And that's obviously yet to be foreseen. That is yet to be foreseen. Obviously the Rams could win it. I mean, damn, they're in the Super Bowl. Bills cannot. So I guess we'll kind of hold that prediction off until Monday. So we have 5 10 13 right. Nice. And we have 12 wrong. We went 13 for 25 in my 2021 NFL predictions that I made in September. Wow. That's I think that's really good. <laughs> I like, come on, like I think that's pretty good, right? I mean, I predicted the entire NFC divisional winners. I got the entire wildcard division wrong. The AFC divisions, I got all right, but the Browns. I got the Patriots and Steelers in the wildcard correct. I got defensive player of the year right, or defensive rookie of the year right, excuse me. (laughs) And then offensive rookies wrong, defensive offensive players wrong, MVP was wrong, most surprising player that was wrong, most disappointing player, uh, he was very disappointing. Um, Best fantasy player was not Alvin Kamara. Bust, I, I... They're both busted. That's just a fact. And then, hey, I got one of two of the Super Bowl uh, participants correct. And obviously, we will have to wait and see to see if the Rams do win. But those were my 2021 NFL season predictions dating all the way back to when I made them in September. So, we have a fantastic game on our hands come Sunday. And I cannot wait to watch it. So, the moment you guys have been waiting for, who do I think? will win. Now, the Simpsons, if we haven't seen that meme yet, the Simpsons have actually picked the Bengals to beat the Rams 34-31. And my God, if that is the case, if the Bengals win 34-31, we are rioting. We absolutely are rioting if they win the Bengals 34-31 because, I mean, the Bengals have been right. I mean, the Bengals. I'm writing the Bengals, and I say the Bengals. The Simpsons have been right before with predicting stuff like they picked trump to be president they picked um I, I don't know what else they picked to be honest i just know there's memes out there of them picking stuff right all right oh i think they picked 9-11 too i think it was like supposed to be like a joke like in the 90s but then the whole incident with 9-11 actually happened and i think they did kind of predict that oh that's kind of tough oof okay anyways uh let's move on so Oh god, I actually haven't really thought about this until right now. I haven't actually had to think about this until right now. Who do I think will win? Okay, so I could see it going either way. I could see it being a blowout and a blowout, a high-scoring game. I could see it being a low-scoring. I think it'll be more high-scoring than low-scoring. Because we've seen the Bengals be able to put up points. We've seen the Rams' defense be able to give up points, albeit they're one of the best defenses in the league, or arguably the best defense, right? I think the Rams are going to be able to put up points on the Bengals.
1: Hmm.
0: We've seen the Bengals be able to clamp down. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to put the – this is tough. I'm not kidding. This is tough. This is tough. All right. Rams, 27. So three touchdowns, two field goals, right? I think that's pretty pretty fair. I think that's a good score right there. That's a good start. Bengals. Oh, goodness. This is tough. This is really tough. Uh, I'm just trying to do the math in my head here. I'm just trying to, like, coordinate the score in my head. Let's see: three field goals, four field goals, nine, twelve, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, one touchdown. Just trying to do the math in my head here. Um, Me hitting my pen on the desk. Because I think Evan McPherson is going to have an absolute role in this game. I think he will have a role in this game. It's just how many touchdowns can they score? So I got the Rams scoring three touchdowns and two field goals. Will the Bengals be able to match the touchdown count? Because the field goal count, I think they'll be able to match. I think they'll be able to drive the ball into Rams territory, but maybe stall. So, I feel confident by giving them three, four field goals. But How many touchdowns can they actually score? How many possessions are they going to get where they do get points out of it? That's like the big question that I'm facing right now. Um, Let's see. Two touchdowns, three field goals is t- uh, 23. Okay. Two touchdowns, four is 25, okay. Three touchdowns, three field goals is 30. Let's see, three touchdowns, four is 33. I just don't know if they're going to score that much. I I don't know if they're going to score that much. But, like, they can turn it on. We've seen them be able to turn it on. All right, so here, here we go. This is what I got. This is what I got here. Oh, man, because – oh, my goodness. Okay, so they're going to be in the 20s. They're going to be in the 20s. I was originally thinking – originally thinking 30 to 27. That's what I was thinking, 30 to 27 Bengals. But I, I like 27 for the Rams. I do. I like that number. I just don't see the Bengals getting 30 points, though. I just do not see it. Now, obviously, if this game goes in overtime, you know, a completely different story, but mm, – Evan McPherson, I think, is going to have a big role. But, like, you know, five field goals. I mean, that's going to be ridiculous. That's 15 points. Two touchdowns gives them 29. Are they going to have seven scoring possessions, though? I just don't think so. Oh, man. Um. Okay. This is kind of stupid. 26. 27-26 Rams win. I, yeah, I, I think that's the case. I see two touchdowns and four field goals. I think they can get six scoring possessions out of the Rams' defense. Like I said, they're going to be able to drive. They're going to get stalled. Every McPherson is an absolute stud. They're going to have to get a stop. But, like, McPherson, I think he's had, like, four field goals in each of the playoff games because I think he has 12 and, like, four in each. So I could see that continuing. Obviously, if he was to only kick three or two, I just don't know if the Bengals, uh, like the Bengals, could score three touchdowns and McPherson gets two field goals. That's 27. So 27, 26. That's my official. I and mean, as quirky and corny as ever, but that is my official Super Bowl prediction. Now, trust me, I don't care who wins. I want the Rams. I want the Bengals to win. But you guys want me to give you an official Super Bowl pick. I think this game is going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be even squeezy. Rams 27, Bengals 26. Will I be surprised if that is way off? Absolutely not. Will I be surprised if the Bengals win 30-something to to 20-something? Absolutely not. That is my official Super Bowl 56 prediction between the Rams and the Bengals. Rams 27, Bengals 26. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is going to do it for today's episode. I really appreciate you joining me for episode number 129. It has been an absolute blast to be able to talk about the playoffs the regular season, of course, and obviously the Super Bowl the past couple of weeks, among other things. I know we have Bruins to talk about. I know we have Celtics to talk about. I have no idea where baseball is right now. I do know that Manfred said that he is not going to make an official announcement on delaying spring training, but that's conversation for another day. But I do have a little bit of sad, possible sad news as I do exit this episode. For the past 13 months, past 13 months, I have given you guys, I've given you 129 episodes of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, whether it was three episodes a week or two episodes a week when I switched over to it in July. It has been an absolute blast. And I love doing this. It's so fun. I love sitting here talking sports about with you guys, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. But I do want to take a break I do think it's best if I do take a break. And I think it will help me be recharged. It will give me something to look forward to. On the other side, when I start Season 2, we'll have you know, a ton of hockey conversations to talk about. We'll have a ton of football conversations to talk about because the draft will be right then and there. Basketball, I, I'm not buying in on the Celtics. That six-game winning streak, whatever the hell they went on, The trades, I'm not ready to buy into it. So hopefully, come start of Season 2, I will be able to buy into it. Hopefully, we'll have a baseball season to talk about when I do come back for Season 2. And for those that are wondering, Season 2, well, let's go start with this. Season 1, the last episode of Season 1, will be February 18th. So I will do Monday, episode number 130, And then I will do episode number 131 on Friday as well. I want to be able to give you guys a fresh episode post-Super Bowl on Monday. And I want to be able to kind of give you guys a recapped thoughts and opinions about the current state of the four Boston teams, or I guess baseball as a whole, come February 18th. More likely the lockout will still be in effect by then. But I just want to, you know give you my thoughts about the Patriots going into the offseason as free agency will be in March, kind of about the uh, Bruins as they approach the trade deadline in their season for the next month. Obviously, I'll talk about the Celtics then as well, where they'll be in the next month, where I think they will end up after the winning streak and obviously the moves that they made yesterday. So, the dying question. When will season two be? When will the first episode of season two be? You guys may not believe me, but I'm not joking around. April 1st, Friday, April 1st, will be the first episode of season two of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So roughly five and a half or so weeks off, I think is going to be plenty for me to recharge. Just kind of take a break, step back. You know, I know I've missed episodes here and there, whether it was from illness or just timing purposes, and I've always apologized for that. But I do believe that just taking a set amount of time off is deserving, understanding, and I cannot wait. I already can't wait to come back and talk about Season 2 because, like I said, the Bruins, the uh, they'll be further into the season, closer to the playoffs. Celtics will be too. Hopefully, baseball will be back. And then, of course, we're going to dive into the draft because the draft is in April. Uh, let me see when the draft is real quick. So get you guys NFL draft. So it's April 28th. So we're going to have a whole month ahead to talk about the NFL draft. So I think this is a good time. I've been thinking about it for a while now, maybe like a month or so. And I wanted to do it after the Super Bowl, but I also wanted to respect you guys and give you a week or so in advance. So I really hope you can understand It pains me to take some time off because I love doing this. I love speaking to you guys and having interactions about sports topics with Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I've built a great community of listeners, followers, people that I absolutely love having conversations with about sports. And I appreciate everybody for downloading, listening, and enjoying. And do not think that I don't appreciate you. Do not think I won't appreciate you because I always, always will whether that's because I'm recording on Mondays and Fridays or whether I am in the midst of a break, I will always appreciate everyone for downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio platforms and YouTube as well for those clicking on the video. But again, that is going to do it for today's episode, episode number 129. I cannot wait for the Super Bowl, and I'm sure you can't either. Let me know what your official Super Bowl 56 predictions are down in the comments section below if you're listening to this on YouTube or reach out to me via social media at MurphsCardTown. Let me know what your Super Bowl prediction is. I want to know if you have the Rams or the Bengals winning, and I want to know what you have for a score. But again, thank you so much for downloading and listening. Download, listening, and enjoying on all audio-only platforms. I really appreciate everybody that does so, and if you're listening on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video, commenting down below, and also subscribing to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing. I will catch you in the next one, but between now and then, enjoy the Super Bowl. Be safe. But you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.